As a stage four smog alert oppressed the southern basin, he set out with his vast army on the long march north. These are scenes from Smog and Thunder, a mockumentary that draws influence from the PBS series Civil War. The Angelino flagship, the Narler, sailed through the middle of the harbor and immediately engaged the northern ship, Harvey Milk. But in these battles, the north and south are represented by San Francisco and Los Angeles. And the creative force behind the film is not Ken Burns, but LA-based painter Sandow Burke. I had been to San Francisco a few times, just passing through or something, and you know, every night you'd sit down at some bar store and somebody next to you would say, oh, where are you from? And I'd say, oh, I'm, you know, I'm from LA. And they, they would just start this whole diatribe against like Los Angeles about how it just sucks and it's smoggy and how could you live there? So at first I thought that was kind of funny and then like by the fourth night I thought it was a little bit annoying and by like the eighth night I was just like so sick of it. And uh, so finally and I said, you know, I'm gonna do this art project where like Los Angeles just invades San Francisco and takes over the whole damn city and that's gonna be the end of it. <laughs> Meanwhile, back in the harbor, the navies were exchanging heavy blows. Over the course of several months, Burke hunkered down in his L.A. studio and produced dozens of paintings depicting imaginary battles between Smogtown and Fogtown. D.J. Down was later slain in the Battle of Universal Studios. Burke's studies of art history began to show their influence. Well, the things that I was drawn to about European painting was the scale and the, especially in romantic painting, sort of the manipulation of emotion and the theatricality of it and the staging of, of events that was really sort of the staged romantic embellishment of what history possibly might have been like. After a successful gallery exhibition of the war paintings, Sandow set his sights on a project that transcended California's borders. I was in a used bookstore and I found a copy of the Divine Comedy with the illustrations by Gustave Dore. Just by looking at his stuff, I. I just, I just sort of realized that this is a really great bunch of images. Sandow and his close friend, Marcus Sanders, have decided to write a contemporary version of Dante Alighieri's 14th century text, The Divine Comedy. This classic work invites readers to explore hell, purgatory, and paradise with Dante as their guide. Sandow's accompanying lithographic images depict a blue jean wearing Dante and his companion Virgil as they tour an urban purgatory that mimics the streets of San Francisco. The original idea of using the Divine Comedy as a starting place to do, to do some work of my own was to do a series of paintings based on Dante's Inferno and, and have an exhibition of them. The San Jose Museum of Art was the first venue to publicly display Sandow's new series. Corporate logos, freeway traffic, police helicopters, and urban decay dominate the American landscape in Burke's version of the Divine Comedy. Purgatory in, in the poem is a mountain that you climb up that has different levels on it, different rings. Um, it's the reverse of hell. Dante's Purgatory is a mountain, and then I sort of searched to come up with my version of what a mountain would look like. The Inferno painting is largely based on the Grand Canyon and paintings by Thomas Moran. He's literally kind of lifting the compositions of very famous history painters and landscape painters from the 19th century, retooling those compositions for kind of a modern situation. 
And I think that's really what people like. They like to see a contemporary artist having some fun and yet also paying, you know, a sincere homage to those painters as well. Rags in, please. As with many of Sandow's ventures, the Divine Comedy Gallery exhibition was just a starting point. I had written a script for it to be a live actor movie because I, I was ambitious. And uh, we had a meeting and they were like, you know, we can't, you know, you need a million dollars to make a, a low budget version of this. The solution? Ditch the actors in expensive sets and employ a cast of paper puppets drawn by Sandow. One of the collaborators on Smog and Thunder, Paul Zaloom, was a puppeteer like by profession. You want him in a full up, so let's get to that up place. And then After his convincing pitch, the team decided to embark on the production of a paper puppet movie inspired by the Victorian tradition of toy theater. It's always interesting to work with puppets because puppets are really different than actors. We're dealing with micro scale. Some of the puppets are this big, most of them are that big. So hitting the mark is tough. Uh, making sure that they look good, you know, how the camera works. It's, it's a whole bunch of problems, but it also makes it fun as hell to do. Seven months, both of us working full time, full time, eight hours, seven days a week. There's 43 scenes, I think, 43 sets and hundreds of puppets. Whatever puppet you're using only has one expression, so you naturally have to, if he has a different reaction to something, then you have to switch the puppet. We are in this age of, of digital, and we are in this age where everything is slick and fine-tuned and perfect, and we're in, a, we're in the garage cutting up some paper and sticking it on a stick and jiggling it around. But it really introduces you to, it's intimate, it's quiet, it's small, it's delicate, it's, you know, it's. I think that's something people don't get to see very often. Despite how much work it was and everything, it's a really, it's a small project as movies go. Rather than have that be its weakness, that we don't have any money and that it's a small thing, then let's make it our strength. Let's make it that really obvious that this is made with paper and tape. Let's, and, and make that be sort of its charm. There I was, heading towards a darkness that was beyond what I could imagine led by an old man who said he was an ancient Roman poet. The resulting images unfold like a graphic novel. Where the hell are we? Where the hell indeed, my pilgrim? We have passed through six circles of the inferno. Take a look. Uh-huh. This is where the sinners of violence are castigated. Virgil the poet convinces the lost Dante that the only means for survival is to voyage down through the depths of hell. Are condemned to bathe in the blood of their millions of victims. Dante's Inferno original poem has you know, farting and swearing and flipping people off. I mean, it's supposed to be hell, you know. Dante didn't hold these things back, so, you know, there's, we're not going to tame it down. I really can say I've been to hell and back now. To celebrate finishing the film, Sandow has gathered many of the sets and puppets, along with the paintings, and taken them to Cal State Fullerton's Grand Central Arts Center. Fans, friends, and filmmakers have all converged on the gallery. Well, I have to admit, it's really amazing to see it all together, to see the room full of the film sets and to see people watching the clip. 
you spend a year working on these paintings and you put them up in a, in a white room somewhere, and if it's a hugely successful show, you get to 200, 300 people might see it. You know, you do a book, thousands of people see it. You make a video and more thousands of people can see it. The whole point is that I want someone to see it and think about it as well, and the more people that can see it, the better.